Thank you, John. I'm Martin Benovich, and it is five minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, 62 degrees outside of beautiful Alpine, Texas. And this morning on the telephone with me, I have an author who is going to be at Front Street Books this Thursday for a book signing. He's from the El Paso area. His name is uh, Sergio Troncoso. And uh, Sergio, uh, welcome to uh, KVLF Radio. Well, thank you for inviting me to your program, Martin. Very excited to go to Alpine on Thursday. Uh, have you ever been here before? Uh, many times, actually. And I love uh, visiting Front Street Books. I love, you know, uh, eating at different places. And also, you know, go to Marfa. And so we usually spend a few days down there. Well, fantastic. We're glad that you do. And uh, it's uh, it's about a three-hour drive from El Paso to here. And with the interstate speed at 80 miles an hour for the bulk of it, it's uh, it's pretty painless. It's a, a it's a nice drive. I know I go the other direction to El Paso, and I have to go to uh, big city things. But uh, we're glad you've been here, and look forward to you coming in on Thursday. Uh, Sergio, uh, for the folks who may not be familiar with you, you're the author of eight books right now, and uh, you've won numerous awards. Where you were the uh, primo. Asalan Literary Prize winner, is that correct? I'm not. That's correct. I'm, yeah, Rudy Anaya gave me that prize. Oh, fantastic! And then uh, you've also were the uh, got the award for the uh, best short story from K. Catarula. Is that correct? Right. The award, uh, the International Latino Book Award for best short story collection, Southwest Book Award, Bronze Award for essays and forward reviews, as well as the bronze and silver awards for multicultural adult fiction from forward reviews. Uh, quite a, an impressive resume, I'd say. And uh, Well, yeah, I, I'm always working. Yeah, I, Obviously, obviously so with eight books. And uh, one of the things that caught my eye, and I mentioned to you off the air, is that uh, you teach at the Yale Writers Workshop in New Haven, Connecticut. Yep, I've taught there for many years, and uh, and so you know I, I love uh, talking to students about. I teach both nonfiction and fiction, and I went to Harvard and to Yale uh, as a as an undergraduate and graduate student. But you know, I tell my Yale kids, I started in Isleta with an outhouse in the backyard and kerosene lamps and stoves. Yeah. Yeah, well, you definitely uh, have moved up, uh, as I was about to mention, that you grew up on the east side of, of El Paso in rural Isleta. And uh, this, but the book that we're going to talk about uh, this morning, uh, it's called Nobody's Pilgrims. Uh, it starts off in Isleta. Right. It's, uh, it's basically an adventure novel, and it revolves around these three 17-year-old protagonists. And it's an adult fiction book, although the, they're, they're all teenagers. And uh, Turi Martinez is a Mexican-American from Isleta. And he uh, goes to work at a chicken farm uh, in the outskirts of, of El Paso and Isleta. And he meets this uh, undocumented immigrant, um, Arnulfo Munoz. And, and together, they become fast friends. And then they, they at a certain moment, uh, Turi decides that he's going to join Arnulfo. Arnulfo wants to get away from the border. He's not captured by La Migra. And, uh, and Turi is also an orphan. So he is staying with his aunt, but his family life is very difficult. 
they really don't want him there. In fact, right before he decides to hitch a ride with, with Arnulfo, um, uh, they tell him that they're going to ship him back to Mexico because they can't afford keeping him in Isleta. And so this sort of starts the novel uh, moving forward. You know, I, I wonder, uh, since I have to ask this, uh, since you've lived in Isleta, is there really uh, a chicken slaughterhouse there? Absolutely. Not, not only is there a, a chicken, uh, you know, house, uh, you know, it's, it's a gigantic poultry farms, really. I worked in one um, when I was 11, 12 years old with my brothers. That was one of the very first jobs I got, carrying live chickens from 18 wheelers and putting them into thousands of cages. Well, reading and reading the book, uh, yeah, it didn't sound like a very pleasant job uh, and a lot of injuries uh, from the chickens. Yeah. Well, you know, it is a job in which you discover your grit and whether you're going to give up or not, because it is, uh, a, you know, very dirty and terrible job. And I, and I think, you know, when you, especially you think about the main character, Duty uh, Martinez, you know, that's what really he embodies. He embodies grit. He, difficult things are happening in his family life. And instead of just sitting there and taking it, he decides, I'm hitching a ride with this fast friend, Arnulfo, and I'm going to go, uh, you know, in this truck driven by Juanito, uh, an old man who uh, is giving him a ride who works at the chicken farm. And, uh, and I, I don't want to reveal too much to the reader. This is still the very beginning of the novel. What they discover very quickly as they're going through a, an, an immigration checkpoint in Lubbock with Juanito in this truck is that Juanito bribes uh, the immigration officer in the middle of the night just to get through the checkpoint. And so they know, uh, Duty and Arnulfo, that they're carrying contraband. And they, they think it's drugs and money, but it's actually something much worse. And all of that kind of comes out in the novel. And eventually they, and still I'm not really revealing much more than the beginning of the novel, they decide to steal the truck and get away from Juanito and on their course across America uh, to find their American dreams, they, they stumble into Molly Crump, who is another 17-year-old working-class white girl from uh, Steelville, Missouri, a little tiny town of 1,000 people. And the three of them are in this truck being pursued by bad people and what's in the truck, and they're trying to get it back. And, and that sort of begins the adventure. No, it, it is it is quite the adventure. As far as uh, them all being seventeen years of age, it's uh, uh, I forget how naive children, kids are at that age, and, and but they get themselves into a situation where it's a, quite an adult situation uh, with uh, bad folks chasing them. Now I, I noticed that the Yuri in the, the very beginning he fantasizes about going to Connecticut. I wondered if uh, right. you're writing at Yale and going to school up there, uh, I don't know, did that play a part in that? Well, a absolutely. And, and you know what's even more important? The reading of it. Because when I was this poor kid growing up in Isleta, what propelled my imagination, what uh, gave me an idea that I could go beyond the poverty of the border, was reading. And so reading and storytelling really play a very important part in this in nobody's pilgrims you know constantly duty is getting ideas about what he could be where he could be 
by reading. And Connecticut becomes this almost like a Valhalla in his mind after reading uh, some books that Mrs. Garcia, the librarian at the Fleta High School Library, uh, gives him. And so this imagination and reading is what's propelling him forward. And, and in many ways, the novel can be read as a, a way of going from the idealism of what you think, let's say, Connecticut and New England and the heart of America is to the reality of what it is when they actually get to Connecticut, when they actually are experiencing all of these troubles and getting you know, over them, overcoming them. Because I think that's really one of the messages in the novel that these teenagers never give up. They never give up on their American dream. They never give up on fighting for each other. And, and this sort of very deep friendship that they create amongst the three of them, Molly and, and Arnulfo and Turi, really uh, is a, another way to form community, to create the community that they don't have in their families. So Molly is also an orphan. And, and so that's, again, one of the messages of, of, of the novel. And, and I think Connecticut is this sort of ideal that eventually becomes a, a very different reality Still a hopeful reality, but a much more realistic, uh, you know, sense of, of of the heart of America, and that's what they're headed for. Yeah, I, and the and the book, the Arturo wants to go to New York, and in the very beginning, they're not even really sure how close Connecticut is to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's teenagers making sometimes rash decisions, sometimes uh, decisions based on books, of course. But but it's but it's also the reason I chose seventeen year old protagonists for the three of them and really all they're all outsiders they're all working class uh, you know poor kids who are outsiders in their world and and the reason I chose them is because I think I have a lot of hope in young people I have a lot of hope in how they connect with each other sometimes in an immediate way and sometimes. It, that immediate connection, I'm going to jump in the truck and go with this friend that I know for less than a day, is dangerous, but it also creates these, this openness, this connection with other people that I think as you get older, you get a little bit more jaded and you stop having those connections that you had when you were young. And, and I think that's one of the other reasons why I chose 17-year-olds as my protagonist, because there's a lot of hope in and help and what they do. And yes, a lot of sort of rash decisions, but but also a lot of grit. And sometimes when these kids are faced with trouble, people are after them, people get to them, and then they, they escape. They don't give up. They keep hoping despite the travails that they face. And, I th and that's what I find inspiring in young people. Well, I was really impressed at how all three of them, uh, how they all found each other uh, and such a realistic way uh, for th three individuals that, well, pretty much all, all pretty different, but uh, that's how 17-year-olds who are orphans and stuff uh, run into others. And, uh, I, I, and I love the fact that uh, you, brought, you brought in the fact that, that they were leaving the border, and it's not just like leaving any other part of the country. You have to go through a checkpoint, and... Uh, and that sets everything in motion, and that's just something that's uh, only really pertains to the border area, right? And 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 in many ways, um, this novel is also sort of the the border goes beyond the border. Of course, you know, n not just what they have to go through as they're 
driving away from the border, but but also by how Turi Martinez and Arnulfo Munoz look. You know, when they, there's a scene when they get to a McDonald's in Danbury, Connecticut, and they've never been to Connecticut. They just simply stop at a McDonald's and sort of a, a, a scene in which uh, they have a confrontation with another diner simply because of how they look. Some, they judge, they're being judged for being border kids, and they've never really realized that they look different, that they sound a little different, that they have this border accent and, and this sort of dissonance between what, how Turi sees himself, a bright, enterprising, you know, intelligent kid who has already survived a lot of, a lot of travails. Uh, and then other people look at him and they see some guy who's a little bit of a dark complexion, doesn't belong in Danbury, Connecticut. And, and so this sort of dissonance between how he sees himself and how he's acted in the novel versus how other people see him um, is, is always something that he's trying to overcome. And, and, and by the way, they do discover other people in Connecticut who help them. Uh, and so, so that, that sense of, of finally finding their community, you know, happens, uh, you know, as they are toward the end of their road trip. Well, I know in the beginning of the book, when they first meet Molly, uh, one of the reasons they want her or already wants, wants uh, Molly to come is because he realizes that they do stand out uh, no matter where they're at. And, uh, it would be sort of a little bit of camouflage to have her with them uh, to uh, so they're not, they're not so obvious, different looking. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Molly is you know the, I think the other way Molly appeals to Tootie is of course uh, you know they love Mark Twain and and Huckleberry Finn and Tootie is lugging books with him in the truck uh, that his librarian gave him and they start talking about. Um, you know, Mark Twain, in fact, they, they hide from these bad people in the Mark Twain National Forest simply because they're going by it in a highway. And that's where they eventually meet Molly. And then they and then Tootie, is, he talks to Molly and, and she works in a little tackle shop in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, Steelville. Um, she finds out she's a reader, too. And so they start this sort of wordplay. You know, Tootie is teaching Molly Spanish and Molly is also... Um, you know, loves Mark Twain and is interested in, in, in the wordplay and understanding. And this is what connects them. You know, reading, storytelling, they start seeing beyond the facade. You know, Molly's probably not a, never met somebody who's Mexican or Mexican-American. But he starts seeing, you know, be beneath the surfaces of duty that he's actually one of the smartest kids she's ever met, that he's actually kind and resourceful. And that he, uh, you know, puts his life on the line sometimes for, for them. And so does Molly. And Molly is her own character, very strong. She's actually physically stronger than both Arnulfo and, and Duri. So I wanted to make her a very strong, confident uh, person. But, you know, from rural Missouri, who is aching to get out. And I think this sort of aching to get out of the little small town that you started in is something they also share. So there, there are a lot of things that, that start connecting them uh, together. And, of course, you know, some of this blossoms into uh, a, a romance. Yeah. Well, uh, Sergio, uh, you're, uh, you have seven other books that you've written. Uh, are, are most of them take place in the West Texas? Or tell us just a, a briefly about uh, 
your your past books? Yeah, I would say uh, all of the all of my books uh, start at the border. Some of them stay on the border, and so, and some of them you know go beyond the border, but are still carrying the border with them in their characters. Uh, the last book I edited is called Nepantla Familias, an anthology of Mexican American uh, families uh, living in between worlds, and it was published by Texas A&M Press, and it's done phenomenally well. And it's the best new Mexican-American writing. I think uh, of the 30 works, 25 are appearing for the first time. And I was the, the editor of that anthology. And it's uh, Nepantla means living in between cultures, between languages, between Mexico and the U.S., between English and Spanish, between um, old values, traditional values, and perhaps the new values you may be adopting as, as, a, as, a, as a new immigrant. And then my the my uh, book before that was a peculiar kind of immigrant son, which was published by Cinco Puntos Press in El Paso, and uh, that was uh, you know 13 interconnected stories all about the border and immigrants and Mexican Americans, and and even um, you know sort of a dystopia of of how the border might unravel uh, in some sort of uh, future. And so I, you know, the border is always with me, even though I'm in New Haven and I'm at Yale, it never leaves me, um, you know, through my friends and my family. Uh, my, my brothers both live in El Paso and I go back to El Paso all the time, probably six or seven times a year. And uh, I'm a proud landowner uh, in West Texas. And so, so I'm, I'm a taxpayer too, although I live up here, but it never really leaves me. So I'm constantly writing essays and novels um, and, and stories about the border. And I guess the last book I'll mention was From This Wicked Patch of Dust, which was uh, an uh, earlier novel. And that's more or less a, um, a, a novel that, that replays a similar kind of family uh, that I grew up in. Um, and it's these different children from Mexican-American parents, Mexican parents, who take very different routes to becoming American. And that from this wicked patch of dust, uh, not only received a starred review from Kirkus, but was chosen by Kirkus as one of the best books of the year. Oh, fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to uh, meeting you. You're going to be at Front Street Books this Thursday, correct? Yeah, Front Street at 6 p.m. And I love talking to an audience. I love answering the questions and answers about writing or you know, Nobody's Pilgrims and uh, this sort of exciting adventure novel that I wrote. And, um, you know, there's apparently interest in in Hollywood uh, for perhaps uh, getting a movie option for this book. So I, my agent is is talking to to, um, you know, to agents in Hollywood to try to get a movie option for this uh, book. Well, you're definitely an inspiration for us who live out here and hopefully uh Young folk will uh, follow your lead uh, as uh, you I, you came from a son of, uh, of immigrants, and uh, there you are now teaching at Yale. So <laughs> I'm very, very impressed, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Uh, I know I personally do, and hopefully we'll get a big crowd down there Thursday at 6 o'clock, Front Street Books. Uh, the books will be available. I'm sure you'll be happy to sign them and uh, visit with the folks and uh Again, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday, my friend. 
Well, thank you so much, Martin, for inviting me to your program. I love West Texas. It's my home, and I'm always dying to get back. So um, I hope to see a lot of people at Front Street Books and, and just a lot of friends. A lot of friends are going to show up, I hope, and that'll be exciting for me. All right. Well, Sir Hill, thank you very much, and uh, we, we'll see you on Thursday night, my friend. All right. Take care, and thank you again, Martin, for inviting me to your program. Thank you. That was Sergio Tosco, who is the author of uh, Nobody's Pilgrims, along with seven other books. He'll be at Front Street Books this Thursday at 6 o'clock. Come on down there and uh, welcome him. And uh, really a very exciting author. Uh, you know, his books all have that taste of West Texas, and we all love West Texas. 25 minutes after the hour, i got a few commercials to play, and then it's back to music. Hello, I'm Amit Rangra, asking you